0: If you're a marriage counselor and uh, a couple comes to you, and let's say the wife is really feeling oppressed because the husband has a very demanding um, and insistent will about some something that she can't do or doesn't want to do, and that's been their conflict, that's where they're. <clears throat> and in your own mind, you feel that the husband's will is a little bit excessive. You don't say that to the wife. You don't say, oh yeah, your husband really is a bit uh, going, you know, a little extreme in this. so, So it's worth it. Do it. Then the husband comes in and you sit him down and you say, what are you crazy? Why well, would be so terrible if you wouldn't have it? Why, I mean, why can't you be flexible on this? This is ridiculous. You're going to destroy a marriage over something like this? But the wife can't say that to him. It's not her place to say that. It's wrong of her to say that. Her virtue lies in her ability to do what he needs, to give him what he needs. His virtue lies in not needing it. If it's too demanding on the wife. Double standard? Yes. It's a double standard. What is right for one is not right for the other. And that that resolves a conflict. In statements in, in, in Torah. In one place, Torah says, um, make yourself up before you criticize somebody else's appearance. Put on your own makeup before you criticize somebody else's... uh In other words, if you're not yourself so perfect, where do you get off telling somebody else that they're criticizing somebody else? Another statement, the Torah says, accept the truth from whoever says it. So on the one hand, Torah condemns hypocrisy. If you yourself are not a tzaddik, why are you demanding somebody else should be a tzaddik? And on the other hand, Torah says, what do you care what, whether the guy does it or not? If what he's telling you is true, accept it. Sounds like a conflict. Sounds like a contradiction. But it's not a contradiction. One statement is addressed to the person who's saying it. And the other statement is addressed to the person who's hearing it. So to the person who's saying it, you take them aside and they say, don't be a hypocrite. To the person who hears it, you take them aside and say, that was good advice. Do it. It's true. <laughs> so even if the husband's will should be softened and more flexible and less demanding and less rigid and he should work at it. That's his virtue. That's accomplishing something. That's becoming a real mensch. But at the same time, that's not the wife's project. The wife's project is not to soften up her husband's will, to break him down. On the contrary, her virtue is to soften up her resistance. She should become more flexible to be able to do what he wants. The result should be, she should be willing to do it and he shouldn't need it. That's a good marriage. How does it happen if she's doing all the compromising unilaterally and he isn't? Does it, work had it, had it, does it work in reverse?
1: One
0: second, one second. How, how, did it, how did it suddenly end up with her doing all the compromising and he isn't? That's not what we're talking about. How will she come to the realization that she should accommodate him? We're talking about what advice you would give each of them. You would give them each the advice to to become more flexible. Not to insist that the other be more flexible. They should each work on their own flexibility. And the result will be that he'll stop demanding it and she'll be willing to do it. The nicest relationship is where the wife is saying, "Let me do this for you." And he's saying, "No, I don't need. I don't need." She's saying, "Come on, let me get you something." He says, "No, why? Well, I don't need." Want is a product because of what you f- because of what you saw, or because of what you smelled, or because of what uh, you felt. You now want this and this or the other. Will means. Something you want before you thought and before you felt and before anybody said anything, you always wanted this. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, but Ratzon can be either the real thing or the secondary thing. It can be original Ratzon or manufactured rotsam. So the will impulse in the human being is really more primal than intellect. Even a child has will. But um, a child, I mean a baby, an infant. But as, as we grow older, we create wills. I want a new car. Do I want a new car? Yeah, when, you know, when I've got nothing else to do and I'm uh, sitting around bored, I suddenly want a new car. But do I want a new car? No. There are, there are things I really want. A new car is not one of them. So any will that is created by whatever considerations, it's a produced will. That's not the real thing. That's a want. Will, in the, real, in the real article, will is not produced. Will is original. A person wants to live. A person wants to feel secure. A person wants a place of his own. A person, I mean, these, these kinds of wills that, that are not created because you read a book or because, you, because somebody else has it. First of all, Yiddishkeit is not like a tablecloth. The value of a tablecloth is determined by how much you need it. Yiddishkeit is something you ought to be doing whether you need it or not. God needs it. It's not our project. Yiddishkeit is what we do for him, not for ourselves. Secondly, some people speak in superlatives. Because there's an emptiness in their life, they refer to life as being empty. Maybe an exaggeration. If you're being, if you're drawn to Yiddishkeit, it's because there's an emptiness. And that emptiness has to be filled. You may not describe your whole life as empty. But there's certainly the, 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 the feeling you're describing is a feeling of emptiness. Of a place in your life that is, that is void that is painfully empty and needs to be filled. Thirdly, the person who comes to Yiddishkeit out of neediness is more likely to be the one who two or three years down the road drops out. Because in that neediness, when they say, my life is empty, i got to fill my life, so they're filling it with Yiddishkeit. But is there need for Yiddishkeit? No, it could be anything. It happens to be Yiddishkeit. But, they, you know, stuff them with anything, it'll feel good. So, they really don't have a need for Yiddishkeit. They have a need for, uh, whatever, reassurance and they're going to drop out. So, the conclusion of the whole thing is this. Whatever Yiddishkeit or Torah or learning fills in you must have been empty because you can't fill something that is full. Beyond that, Yiddishkeit is totally independent of whether it fills or empties or satisfies or makes you miserable. Yiddishkeit is Yiddishkeit. It's like when when God says, I want you to do such and such, and you say, Oh, that's very interesting. Very interesting? God is talking personal. God is saying, Listen, do this for me. And you're saying, Oh, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Or... That, that makes me feel good or that works for me or that speaks to me you're ignoring him you're ignoring him when it comes to will which is all included in the word Yiddishkeit God's will when it comes to God's will it matters not at all whether you need it, you don't need it, you're empty, you're full, you're inspired, you're uninspired, you're depressed, you're ecstatic, it's irrelevant. Right now we're talking about him. As long as we're on the subject of Das, one more dimension to Das. Das means, as, as we're saying, as we said until now, das means the, 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 the feeling of relevance, the connect, connecting with what you're studying rather than treating it as a subject or an object or so on. We'll go over this again at length sometime, so I'll, I'll just be brief this time. In responding to another person, we can also have bina without Das or bina with Das. When a person is kind to you, what is your reaction? When a person compliments you, what is your reaction? It is this writer who says that he went to see the Rebbe. And he spoke to the Rebbe about his books. And the Rebbe had read them. And he had some criticisms on it. And he says, the Rebbe is a brilliant man. I know that because most of the time I found myself agreeing with him. <laughs> if... If a person says... You're, you're, you're wonderful, you're so incredible, you're so smart. And your reaction is, hmm, now that's a bright man. Now there's a guy with good taste. He knows a good thing when he sees it." But, but let's, let's, let's take a, a, a practical example. Somebody says, I really wanna be your friend. I want to be your friend. Do you walk away feeling, I must be a pretty nice person? And my mother told me I wasn't nice. Huh. I am nice. This person wants to be my friend. (laughs) And they're, they're no dummy. They suddenly become very smart. So if this person wants to be my friend, then obviously I'm a pretty good person. slightly narcissistic. Inverted. A person says, you know, people tell me that I'm very talented. People tell me that I'm that I'm brilliant. So what is your reaction to that? Hmm? You give somebody a compliment and they say, Oh, no, no, I'm not really that smart. (laughs) Come on, the guy never meant it. What do you, what do you, (laughs) you think he meant it and you're trying to argue with him? He never meant it. But you take it seriously. The guy says, oh, you're so brilliant. You say, "Nah, not really. I'm not so brilliant. I'm humble. What do you say to people who say, people say I'm brilliant? Or, one second, or the person who goes home and tells his family, you know, I must be pretty brilliant because this guy said I was brilliant. He was really impressed. <laughs> Actually, that reaction, or that response, is a lack of das. Because das means relating uh, genuinely. A genuine response. What is a genuine response to the person who says, you're really wonderful? A genuine response is, that is very kind of you. You should come home to your family and say, now, that is a really kind person. I mean, I didn't do anything, and he came over and took time out to to give me a compliment. Why is that a more... That's obviously a more humble response, but why is that more wise? Why is that more genuine? Because in fact, in fact, not just in your humility, in fact, what happened was not a display of your brilliance or of your specialness. What happened was this person who happens to be kind and generous with his compliments acted kindly and generously. So, here a person acts kindly, and you walk away talking about yourself. How did that happen? You didn't do anything. You are not on stage right now. The other person is on stage. The other person is doing something nice. So here a person does something nice, and you walk away thinking, boy, am I really that great? Who's talking about you? You didn't do anything great. You're not even the subject right now. The other person is the subject. How did you turn it around to yourself? That's they wanted you to that's a, that's a lack of das. You're not responding to the event as the event happened. You're twisting it. You're, you're already interpreting the event. Why can't you just leave it the way it is? What happened was, this person did a nice thing. Whether you're brilliant or not, Nothing's changed. Are you are or you aren't. What's, what's it got to do with him? Unless he's your teacher at school. And then his opinion of your brilliance is, is necessary, is, is, uh, counts. But if it's a compliment, then he was being nice. What have you done lately? So you're not the subject, he's the subject. You're raising a child. And the child is having a fit. A tantrum. Because little things upset them. Because, because, whatever. The kid is having a tantrum. And you turn around and you say, what do I need this for? What do I need this for? Who's talking about you? Are you having a tantrum or is the kid having a tantrum? Right now, the kid is having a problem. And you're sitting there saying, What do I need this for? For this, I went to college. (laughs) Who's talking about you? Let's get a more serious example. The kid hurts and falls himself. He's bleeding. And you're saying, I have no time for this now. I've got an appointment. (laughs) You have no time? Who's talking about you? How did you suddenly get into the conversation? We're talking about a kid who's bleeding. Why do you change the subject? How do you interject yourself when you are not the issue? You are not what's happening. What's happening is a kid is bleeding. You have time. You don't have time. You have an appointment. You don't have a, who cares right now? Who cares? You go to a wedding. And sitting there at the wedding, you pull your friend aside and you say, I'm very depressed because it's at work today such and such and I'm miserable I can't take it anymore you start crying Uh, excuse me this is not your wedding at your wedding you'll cry (laughs) 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 right now you and your problems as serious and as real as they may be you're out of line you're out of place this is someone's wedding they are now the subject They are now the center of attention. They are the issue, not you. A total lack of das. My husband needs to go, but I don't feel like, I don't know, I don't this. Will you make up your mind? Who are we talking about? Why do you confuse yourself and me and everybody else? You just started off your sentence talking about your husband. All of a sudden you're talking about you, One thing at a time, huh? You want to talk about your husband's needs? You want to talk about what he wants, what he needs, what's bothering him? Well, you don't want to talk about that. You want to talk about how it annoys you. Who is the subject right now? Don't jump back and forth. And if you're really not the subject, then why do you keep introducing yourself? Why do you keep interjecting your issues when now is not the time, place, or or circumstance for your issues. Right now, somebody else's issues are on the agenda. How do you keep, how do you always get into the picture? So if you're talking about a kid, the kid is getting himself into trouble. He breaks things. He's, whatever whatever the problem may be. And you say to the kid, I don't like when you do that. You don't like? I didn't know we were talking about you is this an education you're trying to teach the child who you are is an introduction to your own child you want your child to know how you feel and how you think I mean is this the time for that the kid just turned the china closet over on himself and you're screaming because you don't like when he does that (laughs) I hate when that happens